season's greetings, and welcome back to Sound Fiction. Today I have a new story for you, and with it being Christmas and all, I have something else. A proposal, if you will. Sometimes, when I write my stories, I write them in a reverse sort of fashion. I don't start with a plot or premise. Sometimes, I start with the title. I think of a name which I feel sounds interesting, and create a story from there. As you can see, we're very close to 2,500 subscribers. And as promised before, once we get to 2,500, I'll let you choose the title of the next story. Write in the comments of this video or in the community post the title of a story you'd like to hear be made. I can't be sure what this story will be about, but if we get the subscriber count to 2,500, the next story on this channel will have a title that was given to me by you. So think hard and choose wisely. Without further ado, Episode 42 of Sound Fiction Feaster. Toiling away in his dimly lit home, Frank meandered among the many glass encasements which held his dearest company. Fish. All kinds of fish. Swimming around in the numerous tanks which inhabited the main room of his house. In the middle of this room was one very large tank, which took up the majority of the floor space. Tropical fish and coral of all colors fluttered peacefully throughout the water and existed harmoniously inside their beautiful little world. This massive tank and everything in it was Frank's prized possession, and the calmness he received from it was greater than anything else. You see, Frank did not receive comfort from friendships and relationships with other people. He was something of a loner, but that suited him just fine. People were draining, but fish were not. They did not ask for anything. They did not complain. They did not argue. They were the perfect companions. In the darkness of night, Frank turned off all the lights in his house and stood in the main room. He let the fluorescent corals in the tanks flood his home with light. A psychedelic display of seemingly cosmic energy that made Frank feel like he was on another planet and totally at peace. As he looked into the center of the enormous fish tank, he noticed a piece of coral that was unlike the others. The color of this rock was somewhat dull in nature. Still vibrant, but almost as if its true color was trapped inside and begging to come out. Frank reached in and pulled this small rock off the larger one it was attached to. About the size of a golf ball, he held it between his thumb and index finger. This tiny object held a peculiar kind of energy. It emitted a strange sensation to Frank as he held it, like it was vibrating at a very low frequency. Frank was beyond curious to know why this rock was so odd. He sensed that there was something inside, so he filled up a bowl of water, dropped the rock in it, and carried the bowl to his garage. Frank brushed the cobwebs off his toolbox and took out a ball-peen hammer. He removed the rock from its bowl and placed it on the counter. 
the rock did not move. Grounded in place, it stood there, unaffected by the hammer's impact. Frank then placed the rock between the vice clamp at the end of the counter and tightened the lever. With a rigid hacksaw, he began stroking away at it, slashing and slicing, in attempts to divide the dense little stone. Frank's mind began racing with excitement at the prospect of what might be inside. Rare gemstones, or perhaps precious metals of some kind. He hacked the saw blade faster, back and forth, harder against the rock, until a split in the exterior, exposing whatever was inside. An ominous red glow shone from this lone crack, and Frank removed the hacksaw to get a better look. From this small opening creeped out tiny gelatinous appendages. An animal, or some other type of living thing, began making its way out. Shocked and in awe, Frank acted quickly by placing the bowl of water under the vice clamp, just in time to catch the odd little creature as it escaped the stone containing it. Baffled by what he just witnessed, Frank stayed in the darkness of his garage and admired the beautiful glow of his unexpected guest. Shapeless and unbound by any true physical form, it morphed slowly in the bowl and explored its newfound freedom. Delighted with this strange finding, Frank yearned to see it engage with a larger habitat. He brought the bowl back into his main room and poured the creature into his massive fish tank. Immediately, all the fish inside began acting strangely, swimming back and forth in sporadic movements, as if looking for somewhere to flee. The red gelatinous creature floated slowly to the bottom of the tank, where it touched the floor and creeped calmly under the nearest rock. The fish inside the tank started to calm down, but stayed closely to the tank's edges and swam cautiously around the sides. Frank went to sleep that night full of wonder and excitement toward the unique creature he had discovered and unbound in his aquarium. He could hardly sleep in anticipation of researching the weird thing's origins and learning about what it really was. Morning came in no time and Frank went straight to the aquarium. With his nose pressed against the glass, he peered closely at the rock which sheltered the little red organism. He could see its friendly-looking appendages fluttering slowly around the bottom of the rock and gently moving against the multicolored pebbles which covered the floor of the tank. He quickly relocated to the computer and began typing its description into the internet search engine. Tiny red, jelly-like sea creature. Some images came up but nothing resembling the creature sitting at the bottom of Frank's aquarium. Little red jellyfish. Again, some jellyfish were red. Some were small. Some were both. But nothing looked like what Frank cut out of that rock the day before. The searching continued, using all kinds of keywords, descriptive terms, and comparisons to other known animals but nothing could shed light on what the thing was, or even come close to identifying it. Frank was confused, and even a little frustrated by this. But suddenly, he was hit with a wave of emotion, an intense eureka moment that almost put him on the floor. I can't find any information on this weird animal, because it doesn't exist. 
I've discovered a completely new kind of organism, something no one has ever even seen before. This realization almost sent Frank's heart through his chest as he rushed back to the tank and laid eyes on his pioneer discovery. The fish still swam closely to the sides and far away from the jelly-like creature. It was as if every living thing was privy to its presence and operated cautiously because of it. Every living thing but one. Frank's rainbow mantis shrimp, which appeared to have developed a fascination with the little red creature. The shrimp creeped closer to the rock it was hiding under and looked inquisitively at the appendages, as if trying to figure out where the creature started or ended. Just then, one of the creature's soft extremities protruded further out from under the rock and formed itself into the shape of a small crustacean or mollusk of some kind. The shrimp was immediately drawn to this shape and geared up its clubbed fist to punch the tiny red thing. As soon as it did, the clubbed fist smashed against the soft jelly body but did not recoil. The shrimp was stuck to the creature and fought desperately to detach from it. The more it struggled, the further the creature came out from under the rock and began consuming the shrimp's body. Soon, the entire mantis shrimp was encapsulated by the gelatinous creature, and within two minutes, its whole body had dissolved into its captor and disappeared entirely. The little red creature had now assumed its normal shapeless form and was no longer that little. It had doubled in size, and the fish inside the tank now swam frantically to no avail. Frank was astonished by what he just witnessed. Not only the feasting of a larger animal from one so small, but the intelligence displayed by this unique organism. How did it know to make itself into a mollusk shape if it had never seen one before? And how did it know the mantis shrimp to be a predator of such animals? Completely exhilarated by this event and fascinated by the creature, Frank paced anxiously around the room. He had something truly remarkable on his hands, something that required serious attention and was possibly out of his depths to deal with. His first thought was to call some kind of authority in marine biology. Yes, trained and educated professionals who could research this thing and learn a great deal from it. But no, if he did that, they would just take it away, keep it in a lab somewhere, and hidden from everyone. Who knows if it would ever be seen again? Who knows if Frank would get the credit he deserved for making this remarkable discovery? He had to keep it. He had to study it himself to understand what it truly was before presenting it to the world. Over the next few days, he observed the creature and took notes. Ever since eating the mantis shrimp, it made efforts to feed regularly. It started by crawling over and consuming anemones, along with other pieces of living coral. It did this and increased in size. The organism was now as big as a fist and becoming more adventurous with its movement. It climbed the walls of the aquarium and tried to get closer to the other fish. Just as they did from the beginning, the fish avoided this creature at all costs and stayed as far away as possible. The featureless red creature needed a new plan so it traveled to the center of the tank and perched itself on top of the highest rock where everything could see it. 
It then secretly stretched one of its appendages down the rock and under the pebbled floor, so long and thin that no one could see it, not even Frank. This nearly invisible extension creeped up the wall of the tank, and just as an unsuspecting fish swam by, it was taken and reeled into the middle. When this first happened, Frank had no idea what was going on. It was only when Frank saw the appendage breach the pebbled floor and grow thicker as the fish was pulled closer did he understand. He could not believe how smart this animal was and how quickly it adapted to its new environment. Although it was slow, it was also patient and always found a way to eat. It repeated this technique time and time again until it had eaten about half of the fish in the entire tank. Now, with the number of fish diminishing and the tank much less dense with life, a new method was born. The red creature, now the size of a grown man's head, stretched itself out flat and covered the entire floor of the aquarium. From wall to wall, corner to corner, the whole floor was covered in a light shade of red. It then rose slowly from the bottom of the aquarium to the top, like a two-dimensional filter, forcing all of the remaining fish toward the surface of the water. As this was happening, the fish panicked as if they knew exactly what was going on. The sides of the creature folded inwards, trapping the remaining fish in a bowl-shaped basin, before closing in on itself and engulfing them inside. Frank noticed that the fish did what all the other animals eaten by this thing before them did. They gave up. After initially panicking and trying everything to escape the situation, they simultaneously stopped and let their ill-fated demise take place. Frank was reminded of how the mantis shrimp did this, and so did all the other fish that were eaten one by one. At a certain point, they all stopped fighting and just let the creature consume them. Maybe it was the effects of a powerful neurotoxin administered by the animal, but Frank held a lingering concern that it might be something else. Now larger than a basketball, the big red organism sat still in the center of the tank. Frank could not believe just how much it had grown in only three days. Although it had eaten every living thing in the aquarium, he knew it still wanted to eat more. At the supermarket, Frank decided to get a range of foods for it to try, and perhaps experiment if there was anything it did not like to eat. At the store, he bought all kinds of fruit and vegetables, meats and cheeses, and even processed foods like canned goods and hot dogs. When he arrived home, the big red blob sat still in the middle of the tank. Frank started by dropping a carrot in the water. The large, shapeless organism meandered over to the carrot and slowly absorbed it, making it disappear as if it was never there. Next, he dropped a head of cabbage and then a whole pineapple. With the same result, the organism consumed the produce, leaving nothing behind. Frank looked closely at the creature's gelatinous body and wondered where the food had gone. With the organic mass being somewhat transparent in nature, he thought he might see the more recently eaten objects floating around inside. But no, nothing. It was as if the things eaten by this animal 
simply became part of it. Frank could not understand, but wanted to feed it more. He dropped in chicken thighs, steak, blue cheese, spam, dog food, and even chocolate. There wasn't anything the big red mass wouldn't eat, and it now had ballooned to the size of a large beach ball. With the top of its amorphous body now sticking out of the water, Frank couldn't believe what this thing was actually capable of. Sitting there, bobbing up and down ever so slightly, he couldn't shake the feeling that it was looking right at him, peering directly into him. Frank took a step backward, and the massive blob began growing into a pillar that made its way upward. With water splashing out from the tank, the pillar reached the ceiling and grew long, thin extensions, which creeped along the top of the room and outward toward its edges. Terror set in, as Frank had no idea what was happening and only knew that he had to get out. He bolted backwards to exit from the open door behind him, but just as he did, one of the creature's long appendages shot forward and slammed it shut from the ceiling. The other appendages did the same to the open windows, leaving Frank trapped in there with it and no possible escape. Real panic presented itself as Frank pulled on the door as hard as he could with no success. His only chance was one of the windows, so he picked up a can of beans and threw it at the nearest one, shattering the glass instantly. As he made a break for the only exit, Frank felt something yank his ankle, sending him to the floor. One of the appendages had made its way down there and wrapped itself around his leg tightly. Looking up, Frank saw the pillar morphing a new protrusion out toward him, reaching slowly and without concern. Frank stuck his hand out to stop it, but only to watch the gelatinous outgrowth stick to his palm and engulf his fingers. Screaming in horror, Frank ripped his arm away repeatedly, but this had no effect as the thick, mucousy extension made its way up Frank's forearm. In the thick of his frantic tantrum, Frank lost the sensation of his fingers and soon his entire hand. He looked at the creature engulfing his arm as it was now well past his elbow, but was unable to determine where his body ended and where the creatures began. He stopped fighting and looked at the giant pillar, not as a separate organism consuming him, but as an extension of himself growing stronger. Visions filled his mind of the creature's past, but in the form of his own memories. From the dawn of time, leading into the conception of life on Earth, existence was to consume. Some organisms consumed more than others, therefore becoming stronger, smarter, better. When consumption is not limited, existence is a feast, enjoyed by some and feared by the rest. But the ocean, mother of all life on Earth, had an intelligence and intuition matched by none. She need not consume anything on Earth, because she was everything on Earth. She recognized the insatiable appetite of some, and the feast to be had from it. So in an act of kindness, she locked away the feasters in her vast waters, and allowed life to flourish on her beautiful planet. For eons they lie in wait, 
patiently anticipating the day they could be free and feast once again. Well, that day was today, as the feaster wrapped itself around Frank whole, and Frank, the man, the being, the idea, was lost completely to it. Now a human-sized mass of jelly, the pillar stemming from the aquarium made itself into a snake-like figure and creeped slowly through the door. From the door, it extended down the hallway and into the bathroom, where it immediately found sanctuary in the water of the toilet. The tail end of the creature made its way out of the aquarium tank and followed its preceding counterpart's path before the entire thing disappeared down the toilet bowl with ease. Although unsure where this impromptu path would lead, the creature did know one thing. The feast would continue.